0: 6035 Media Elevating the News. Hi there, everybody. My name is Shelley Roars. I am spokesperson for the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. I appreciate you being here this evening on a Tuesday evening, taking time away from your families. Um Whatever it is that you took time away from to be here and, and be an active, and engaged citizen. We are the League of Women Voters. We are hosting this evening, um, as you can see, out of 11 candidates. We have a few. Um, one more arriving. Awesome as well. Ms. Chanit. if you wouldn't mind drawing a number for me. So your moderators this evening are Mike Williams from Citizens Project. To my left, your right, as well as Chuck Montoya from the Colorado Latino votes group. They are co-sponsors for us. Your citizen, your city council at-large candidates in ballot order. You are to vote for three, right? That is what is on your ballot this year. Um, Mr. Jamin Johnson, who is not here this evening. David Lineweber, thank you for attending. Ms. Lynette Crow iverson also not available to attend. Catherine Gale, thank you for being here. Brian Risley, thank you, sir, for attending. Mr. Roland Rainey, Jr., Thank you, Mr. Glenn Carlson, appreciate you. Jay Inman, not available to attend, and Chinita Davis, thank you, ma'am, for attending. Gordon Klingenschmidt, um and Jane Northrop Glenn also round out your city council at-large candidates. We tried to inform all of the candidates as soon as we knew um, about you registering um, and getting your information in, so we do appreciate you being here and being on the hot seat this evening. Because you know us, we're 30 seconds to one minute when there's six of you or more, because that helps us with an efficient um, forum and helps get as much information out. So do know that we've spread you out a little bit. Hopefully you get a little bit more elbow room this evening. Elected officials in attendance, I know I have Ms. Julie Ott, D11 school board member and league member right over here. Anybody else on an elected official perspective that I missed coming in? I see none. Thank you so much, and thank you, Julie, for being awesome and being a league member, so thank you for that. This is a lot of work from a voter service team and communications, so we appreciate um. You and our voter service team, Terry Weber and Molly Williams. Our timekeeper tonight, uh, Terry Weber in the front row, league, uh, she is also a league member. It's candidates, just so you know, and to remind you of your candidate agreement. After your time is up, whatever time the Uh, moderator gives you you have 10 seconds according to we tried to we went back check that just to kind of be all on the same page you have 10 seconds to wrap up your thought Uh, that's when Terry will start to stand up not come at you but she will start to stand up and kind of um, (laughs) show you that your time is up and please end your thought instead of us kind of I know right she's in that front row Question takers tonight are Denny Weber and Tammy Harold. also there we go, if you have questions please get them to them, we may have it, we possibly will get to it. Make sure, a couple tips for questions if you're submitting. What you ask of one candidate, you ask of all candidates. That's what a forum is versus a debate, right? We don't do that, it's very, kind of creates a volatile situation, but that is what is asked of you when you submit, and it must be relevant to the position, right? You're not going to ask about abortion tonight. That's not um, relevant. You don't ask about school board issues, right? That is not relevant to the positions that these people are running for. Monitoring our YouTube, again, is Julie here, I think in the front, um, um, so she's gonna submit questions if they have those, so thank you for that. Audio and video needs are Dave Gardner, Studio 809 Podcast, shout out to Dave, and Nick Raven, an available camera and tech guru. So if you need any um, awesomeness, Check out Nick. He's great. Co-sponsors, Action 22, Black and Latino Leadership Coalition, Citizens Project, Colorado Latinos Vote, KRCC, Latina Equity Foundation, NAACP, and 6035 Media. So thank you to those sponsors. Again, this takes a lot. We are volunteers, most of us on the league. We have one part-time position. So please know that after five forums, we are thankful for the education and pretty Greatly appreciate you candidates participating, so again, thank you for your time. What is the league for those of you who do not know what we are? We are a non partisan nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering voters and defending democracy. We are not a woke organization please if you 're to ask me as the spokesperson if you 're to come up to me and say that i 'm a woke organization, I will probably come back at you with. Again, if being woke was fighting for women's rights and trying to get the right to vote, then yes, I am a part of that organization. But I I encourage a conversation on what we really are about. We also are a membership organization. I kind of lead with that because I want you to know what we do. We are not just for women. We have men, as you can see, Denny. um, I know Chuck. I'm pretty sure Chuck is a member as well. Um, We do have men. And student memberships are free, right? So if you're a civics geek like me and all of us, again, I use that term endearingly, and I say all of us are civics geeks because we want you to vote in every single election, not just those big ones, why we're here tonight. Student membership is free. See Sandra Collins. I'm pretty sure she's around here somewhere. If she's not out front, she's out by our membership desk, so you can check that out. The great thing about the league, one of the best things that I believe, we do not support nor endorse candidates. But we do sometimes take a stance on certain issues like tops. If you notice on your ballot, it's on the back, right? Please, we do ask that you do support that initiative. We don't pick these things willy-nilly out of the air. There's a lot of research and a lot of dedicated people that go into why we support certain things. It's probably one of, on one end about not supporting and endorsing candidates. The frustrating part for me is sometimes how long some take things take. About that, so we do ask you to support that ballot initiative, and we also support moving spring elections to the fall. We do support that to help increase minority voter turnout. If you have any questions on that and what what, what we're going through with that, I encourage you to check out our website at lwvppr.org because it's actually kind of a cool thing. So. Um, LWV PPR and 6035 Media YouTube channels, this video will remain on those. So thank you for joining us virtually if you are doing that today. We appreciate you no matter how you get here. Also available to podcasts, our candidates, I'm pretty sure all of them um, recorded with 6035 and our Making Democracy Work podcast. So we appreciate that. Those links can be found at our website at lwvppr.org and vote for one one if you have questions about these candidates right there are additional candidates that 6035 i'm sorry that citizens project put out that 6035 put out as well as a couple of other our other sponsors so again so much information out there to help you make an educated decision on who you should vote for on who you want to vote for again that's what we hope to do for you forum format description Candidates, you will have one minute for introductions. You have randomly chosen your um, question order. You have 30 seconds to one minute to answer your questions as well as the moderators will tell you at the beginning of each question to, for your timekeeper and your candidates how long you get. Audience members, please hold your applause and any shout outs or comments to the end. We appreciate that. We are not a March Madness basketball game. I thought I'd lay off the NASCAR fans. It wasn't fair to pick on them. I think I am done with my intro. Thank you again for coming and make sure you get those questions in. I'm gonna turn it over to Mike Williams with Citizens Project.
1: Thank you very much, Shelly, and thank you all for coming to the forum. My name is Mike Williams. I'm the executive director for Citizens Project. We're an organization that is going on our 31st year, a nonpartisan nonprofit here, downtown Colorado Springs, um, and we just are trying to do our best to help people be civically engaged, right? So thank you all for being here. Hello, good evening. I'm Chuck Montoya. I am the chair of
2: Colorado Latinos Vote we are an organization that is focused on getting latinos to register, vote and participate in our democracy. I'll start off with the first uh, with the introduction. We'll start with David and we'll work
3: down the line. David, you've got 1 minute. 1 minute. My name's Dave Leinweber. Oh, I got to use this. <laughs> Okay, my name's Dave Leinweber, I'm excited to be here and I wanna thank the uh, League of Women's Voters and also 6035 for doing these. Um, It's unfortunate that they're the only ones, but um, I'm excited to be here and talk about it. I've I've been in Colorado Springs for 30 plus years and uh, I've owned a business in here for over 26 years, been actively involved in Colorado Springs and I just love this place. My family grew up here um, with my kids. I, I've been married to my wife for 40 years. I started um, a nonprofit called Pikes Peak Outdoor Recreation Alliance, which we, we brought together all the entities of the outdoor space to kind of take on the challenges we have there. So, anyway, I'm excited for the discourse today, and I'm excited that you're paying attention and that you're watching.
4: Hello, I'm Catherine Gale. I go by Cat, but on the ballot, I'm Catherine. My friends said they couldn't find me. I've been in Colorado since I was two, so almost a native. I'm from Loveland. My dad's a professor at Colorado State University. My oldest son graduated from Colorado College. My daughter got a degree at Pikes Peak Community College, now Pikes Peak State College, and my son is a sophomore at Air Academy High School. We used to come to Colorado Springs. It was a big trip to see the ice skaters skate when they still skated at the Broadmoor, and we'd have tea on the terrace at the Broadmoor afterwards. Anyway, I am here because I love Colorado, and I love this city, and I want it to be a wonderful place for every single person who lives here. Thank you.
5: Good evening. Is this on? Can you hear me? My name is uh, Brian Risley, and uh, uh, I want to thank everyone for coming out this evening. I think it's important to be as engaged as you are, so thank you for that. Um, I'm a native of Colorado Springs. I was uh, born and raised here, grew up in the Black Forest area. Um, I have a uh, uh, daughter who's 13 years old. My wife uh, is a software developer for um, Kaiser Permanente. I own a business that's headquartered here in Colorado Springs, a small business. Um, and uh, like so many others, I'm very passionate about this community. I'm passionate about our city. I want to make sure that I can do the right thing and help to make some good level-headed decisions to continue moving us in a positive direction. Um, I think my background as a, as a business owner, as an architect, as the chair of the County Planning Commission, um, as the former chair of the uh, Pikes Peak YMCA, all play into how I can help to really uh, move this community forward in a positive direction. So thank you for your time this evening.
6: Good afternoon. My name is Roland Rainey. And thank you for all for being here, especially those that are streaming live right now and watching us. Um, I'm a 26-year Air Force retired veteran, combat veteran, uh, served in Bagram, Afghanistan. Also, I'm a former adjunct professor, uh, taught political science, international relations at Colorado State University Pueblo that used to have a campus here uh, right next to the mall. Also, a small business owner and really passionate and dedicated to our community. I'm currently on the board of directors for the Colorado Springs World Affairs Council. I'm also on the board of directors for the Banning-Lewis Academy School Board and was the former uh, vice chair for the El Paso County Citizens Outreach Group. These are some very unique times that we're facing right now. So one of the things I want you to definitely hear from me today is how I'm going to be dedicated to public safety, utilities, and making sure that your families can thrive right here in Colorado Springs. It's our city. It's your future, but I'm making it my priority. All right. Uh, my name is Glenn Carlson. I'm
7: lucky number seven on the ballot. I appreciate you guys putting on this forum. Uh, I wish the mayor's race wasn't sucking up so much attention so we could put focus on city council, which is also incredibly important. But uh, as a Colorado Springs native, I have uh, lived, worked, volunteered, and played here my entire life. Uh, so simply put, this is home for me. Um, I graduated with a uh, economics degree from Colorado College in 2006. And having experienced, uh, I worked in a global leadership capacity for Colorado's largest company, managing a global piece of business larger than our city's entire budget. Um, Fast forward a little bit, my wife and I now own a massage therapy business with uh, two locations. One of them is actually uh, about a mile west of here. And we have about 35 employees. So I see firsthand some of the challenges that we face in the community. Uh, And I feel like I have a responsibility to use my skill sets my energy and creativity to leave Colorado Springs better than I found it.
8: Good evening, my name is Chanita Davis. I've been in Colorado Springs since 1992. I first came here in 1983 for a short stint, went to to, um, Palmer High School, but I left and lived a very interesting life. I lived in California, lived in Texas, and I have three adult children that live here in Colorado. Two are business owners, one lives in Denver, and she is a project manager for Gusto. It's a very interesting company. But um, I have five grandkids, so I'm really interested in the future of Colorado Springs for them, and I'm sure you are also. Uh, I also... I'm looking forward to continuing to be a volunteer, because I'm a volunteer in the community, so volunteering and using my time in service on the city council is something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, I do consider myself to be representative of uh, the working class people, and um, I have worked for several different companies in this city, so anyway, thank you very much, and I'm glad all of you are here tonight.
9: Hi, everybody. My name is Gordon Klingenschmidt, and it is the longest name on the ballot, 14 letters in Klingenschmidt. Can you believe that? I'm running for city council at large on a pledge to love my neighbor, which means that if elected, I pledge to vote the same way I believe you would vote if you were in my shoes and I were in your shoes. And I have a legacy of public service. I'm the only candidate uh, that I know of with legislative experience, having served you as a state representative in the Colorado State House, reaching across the aisle to pass uh, education reform and uh, healthcare legislation. Uh, I'm also an Air Force Academy graduate, spent four years there, graduated in 91, uh, 16 years as an officer, including service as a Navy chaplain. I've also founded two successful businesses, I've earned my MBA, and I'm running on a pledge to uh, support our first responders, repair the roads and fix the infrastructure, and cut your taxes. As a fiscal conservative, I hope to earn your vote. My name is Gordon Klingenschmidt.
2: And the first question will go to Chanita Davis. Chanita, voting is a key component of our democracy. What are you going to do to reach out to the constituents of Colorado Springs, and what can the city do better to ensure everyone is represented? One
8: minute one minute since i began to campaign for city council um, i noticed that i'm just continuing to do what i've always done talk to people at the grocery store and almost everywhere that i go because i never meet a stranger but now my uh conversation is about um what i'm going to do on the city council and our budget and what people want to see uh, happen in our city, so really, uh, the only thing that's really changing for me is what my conversations are about. So, um, but I do think that we should evolve into using um, <clears throat> technology for voting more. Um, we have every person has a cell phone, so. That might be a better option for us to move into in the next few years where everyone could just vote on their phones but that's just a out-of-the-box idea that I had thank you
2: the same question will go to David
3: line so I think many times um, citizens of Colorado Springs feel disenchant um, be, uh, they feel disengaged um and really it's it's more of a lack of access um it, i think for me i'm going to try to get out into the community um to um, put together some town halls um and in, find ways to engage people with where they're at um uh, visit different sectors around the state the city and also um just ask good questions and listen um, to different neighborhoods and things that are going on there and understand their particular concerns and needs. Every neighborhood will, will be different. Every neighborhood will have a different set of circumstances. And it's, the, it's just the, the piece that um, kind of understanding what those neighbors are looking for, I think, is going to be really, really key. Next goes to Glenn Carlson.
7: Uh, thank you. That's that's a it's a great question, right? And so, for me, um, voting is there's really two two things here. Um, it is a participatory sport, if you will. Meaning, it is our responsibility to be engaged and stay engaged. Doesn't mean you need to be the expert on everything, because the reality is that nobody is. And so I think you've got to continue to encourage people to be involved in their community. That's kind of one aspect of it, is our responsibility as in a democracy to do so. The second part of that is making sure that we are not leaving groups behind, whether by intention, Uh, whether by uh, um, intention or accident, which we see out there on occasion. And so, um, and I think uh, maybe a byproduct of that is just maybe having a candidate or somebody in office that you are excited about, you look up to, you're not settling for the lesser of two evils on the ballot. And so I think that's important to get people engaged and excited about uh, their future in, in, you know, this town that we all love.
5: Thank you. The next question will go to Brian Risley. Thank you. Um, I agree with many of the comments that have been made already. Uh, voter uh, engagement is really important. It's about trying to understand what is most important to the residents of Colorado Springs and, and um, understanding how we can uh, key into those Concerns and considerations. Public safety is a great example. Everybody is very concerned about public safety. So how can we use that as a platform for uh, encouraging people to get engaged in the process, to get engaged in the solutions, and to um, pull alongside elected officials and and others that are very concerned about those kinds of things? Um, You know, through all my volunteer work and and just involvement in the community, um, I hear all the time from a lot of diverse groups uh, what are their biggest concerns and biggest considerations. And I think, again, that's a way to uh, make sure that we're staying engaged and reaching out to um, a wide, um, broad variety of folks in the community and, and uh, working with them to um, get them uh, to come out and vote and to keep their engagement throughout the, the entire process. Catherine Gill.
4: As an international human rights advisor, I've been an election observer in Haiti In Egypt and in Panama and at every one of those elections people wear their Sunday best clothes when they go to vote they take voting very seriously and they're ecstatic at the opportunity to vote we need to get out the vote we need to reach out to all the communities and let them know that of all the elections municipal elections have a far greater bearing on your daily life than state or national ones so I would propose town halls Also, maybe through text messages, and COVID gave us the ability to have meetings on Zoom, so people who may not be able to have access to come to city council meetings will be able to watch. I'll have office hours at the town hall, and I'll do it by Zoom, by phone, by email. I want to be accessible. And all of us have a huge responsibility if elected. We are the at-large city council. We represent everybody, north, south, east, west. Thank you very much.
9: Gordon Klingenschmidt Thank you for the question Uh, Again, my name is Gordon Klingenschmidt Uh, I've been defending our Constitution As a 20-year member of the uh, Armed armed Forces As a legislator Uh, I earned my political science degree At the Air Force Academy And uh, one thing you might be surprised to learn That I have in in common with Barack Obama And that I am also a community organizer Can you believe it? Uh, In the last ten years since leaving the military, uh, I have helped send over five million petitions to Congress. I have helped change bad laws or policies in 13 states uh, and four times in federal law. I've had more success working with communities outside than I was even as a legislator. Uh, And I want to work with people of all constituencies. Let me tell you, uh, democracy doesn't end on election day. If anything, that's when the representative government kicks in and continues the dialogue with the citizen voters. And that's why I publish my cell phone on my website, which is gordonforcolorado.com.
6: Roland Rainey. Thank you, Roland Rainey. Uh, This is a great question. And the reason why is because everyone that I've spoken to up to this point, they're looking for normalcy. They want normalcy back in the process. They want to make sure that their vote counts and that their voice is being heard. So that's one of the things that we have to make sure to the people is that your voice counts so please be vocal in the process i can tell you right now i was out uh, pounding the ground i'm I'm doing it throughout many neighborhoods and one of the ladies that i spoke with she came to the door and she goes oh my god no one has done this in years and i'm sitting there going how could that be because i'm here to get and earn your vote so i can represent you all of you sitting in city council so i think energy once someone brings uh their you know their ideas and their policy to the table they have to make sure that they represent all of you and more
1: importantly got to get out on the ground and got to talk to all of you thank you very much mr rainey uh this question will be 30 seconds and it'll start off uh with mr lineweber followed by mr carlson so currently city council gets paid six thousand dollars a year are you in favor of increasing city council pay if so why and how much Uh, yes i'm in
3: favor I, i think it's a um i i think it disqualifies a lot of people from participating in government um when you have kids at home and uh you, you have to make a living on 6,500. That's just ridiculous. And so I think the job is only reserved for those that have built a career or um, are retired or something along those lines. And so
1: I would um, I would strongly support um, an increase. Thank you, Mr. Lineweber, Mr. Carlson, followed by Mr. Risley.
7: Thank you, uh, Glenn Carlson. And, yes, I I certainly agree with David's sentiments. I think the $6,250 is very low. In fact, it's uh, almost 40 years old low, if I remember correctly. Um, Dave will probably fact check me soon, but um, it is low. And so, yes, it is very hard for uh, somebody that looks much like you to just drop what they're doing and take on a full-time job for such little pay. And so I would like to see it increased, but I also do not want to see it increased so high as to as that becomes a motive for running for city council.
1: Thank you, Mr. Carlsland, Mr. Risley, followed by uh, Ms. Gill.
5: Thank you. I see both sides of this issue. I um, think that, uh, as uh, was just stated, we need to be careful about raising the, uh, the pay to a level that would encourage career politicians from, uh, for pursuing something like this, but I also understand that having more community engagement is, uh, is very important. Um, so I haven't made up my mind on this topic. I'd like to see some proposals come forward and uh, be able to evaluate those based on the merits and the pros and cons of uh, both sides of that equation.
1: Thank you, Mr. Risley. Ms. Gill, followed by Mr. Clank Smith.
4: I, too, think that this should be a paid position. It's a professional job. It's a full-time job. And I would start with a salary of about $33,000, which is about the median income in Colorado Springs. Again, you don't want this to be a position sought for the financial reward. I think if you pay people, they would be more likely to actually read all of the papers that come through before you make decisions. They'd be more likely to have town halls. They would be more likely to be truly representative. Thank you. Catherine Gale.
1: Thank you, Miss Gill, Mr. Klingenschmidt, followed by Mr. Rainey.
9: Thank you. My name is Gordon Klingenschmidt, and I may be uh, maybe the only person up here that says no. <laughs> when I was a state representative, I voted against my own pay raise. I, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm sure nobody else is, but uh, I think community service should be at the at, at the fountain of our love for the community, and. and if anyone's noticed recently, especially with your gasoline prices doubling, your grocery prices doubling, we can't afford a champagne and caviar government. I'm for lower taxes.
1: Thank you, Mr. Klingensmith. Mr. Rainey, followed by Ms. Davis.
6: Roland Rainey, this question comes up a lot. And I, I get this question because one of the things that people want to know is, are you in for it for the money or are you in for it because you want to represent us? now i do agree that it should be increased because the other side of this coin is you want people to represent who you are i really love our current city council but there is no one on city council right now who's not retired everyone is retired for most of us on this stage we can't afford to just retire so i definitely
1: concur with increasing thank you mr rainey uh miss davis
8: I think it should be increased, definitely. All of the other positions in this city are paid positions. I feel like city council should be paid also a modest amount, uh, once again, to make sure that people are accepting the position because they really care about the community, not because they're getting paid a huge whopping salary. Thank you very much.
2: The next question will go to Glenn Carlson, followed by Brian Risley. You've got 30 seconds to answer this one. I am concerned about the explosive expansion of apartments. Will you have limits on out-of-town, out-of-state developers changing our city in a negative way?
7: Yeah, this is a great question, and I've definitely seen cases uh, in our city, you know, our town, dare I say, that I grew up in, of development gone wild. And so folks have come in from out of state, uh, built whatever they wanted, uh, turned around and sold it as a cap rate, and then left, and didn't care about our parks and how it integrated with the community. And so uh, I'm not anti-development by no means. We need it, and we need housing at all levels of people's lives to meet them where they are. Uh, But I do think it is important that uh, we have, uh, you know, responsible development in Colorado Springs.
2: Thank you, Mr. Carlson. Brian Risley?
5: Thank you. Apartments are a very important aspect of an affordable housing model. Um, I know a lot of folks don't like the look of apartments or having to be next to one, but uh, without a a broad uh, variety of housing types and certainly affordable housing, our economy will uh, suffer. Uh, we won't be able to attract and retain um, younger individuals, college graduates, folks that are just starting out in their careers, and, and that's obviously a very uh, important cornerstone for an economy like ours. Um, when investors come in, they are, in fact, investing in our community and in our uh, economy.
2: Thank you, Mr. Isley. Next question will go to Catherine Gale, followed by Gordon Klingenschmidt.
4: I believe we need to pause on our infill until we have the infrastructure that permits it. When you see these new high density developments going in, you have to consider what would be the risk when we have our next fire, and I'm saying when, not if. People think automatically of the west side of I-25 is at risk for fire, but last spring, we had a fire in the farm, I believe it's called, and InterQuest was at a dead standstill because all the developments need to get out on Voyager. Thank you.
9: Thank you, Catherine. Gordon? My name is Gordon Klingenschmidt. And, uh, you know, it may be oxymoronic to think that there is a big government solution that can also provide lower cost housing. With the inflation crisis, housing costs have doubled in this community. And there are free market solutions to bring in investors who are willing to provide low-cost housing. Uh, if they're Americans, I think we ought to f- have a free market competition and let the, the people decide what to do with their own property rights. Uh, I would limit that, uh, maybe not from Russia or China, especially in the military community.
2: Okay, the next question will go to Roland Rainey, and followed by to Shanita Davis.
6: Roland Rainey, this is a hot topic right now, affordable housing, and what does it look like? What does it sound like? And per the question, you know, expanding apartments, well, we have to have something to provide affordable housing. We can't just try to build you know, ranch-style homes uh, and not want to get more land uh, to do those homes. So it's two-sided coin here. I- I'm definitely not for saying limit developers, I'm saying bring all the stakeholders to the table together. Bring the developers, bring the city, bring the Housing and Urban Development Group, bring them all together and let's get a solution to this together. Shredita Davis.
8: The apartments that are going up now they're there. I feel that uh, developers should be encouraged to provide homes that are designed for today's lifestyles. A 3,000 square foot home is not ecologically effective, nor do um, families have time to maintain them. So I feel like there are other options. Um, I was down on um, South, where was I? But anyway, I saw a little tiny home area, and I think that we should have those options.
2: Thank you, Ms. Davis. And the next one is David Langbetter.
3: I think that this is a, an important question for our city right now, and I firmly believe that we have to have responsible growth. I know in the outdoor space, where I've been participating for a very long time, we have a we have to balance outdoor recreation with conservation. You know, in my fishing business, if the, if the fishing's no good, then I'm out of business, right? It's kind of that kind of mentality. We need to find a way to balance that. We had a key employee that just left us, and the reason was we couldn't find a place to live that was affordable. So we're going to have to bring
1: those solutions together and kind of find a way to kind of work on that. Thank you, Mr. Landweber. This next question will be 30 seconds, and it'll start with Mr. Risley, followed by Ms. Gail. How can we sync up development and infrastructure? This is coming from the audience. That question, again, is how can we sync up development and infrastructure? Mr. Risley.
5: Well, the way that we... um marry uh, development with infrastructure, they're, 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 they run together. You can't have development without infrastructure. You can't have infrastructure without development. So they go hand in hand. Um, you know, the important thing, as we've just been talking, is figuring out how to uh, create an environment that, is, that grows in a smart and controlled and methodical way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've been a part of that effort for quite a long time through my role on the County Planning Commission.
1: Thank you, Mr. Risley. Ms. Gale, followed by Mr. Klingensmith.
4: Catherine Gale, I believe when we develop, we should develop high-density housing in areas where we have the infrastructure to support it. So that would be a transportation system. We need to expand our fixed bus routes so that people in apartments, in high-density housing areas, have access to grocery stores, to medical, to movie theaters and concerts, all the things that we want to enjoy in our city we have those spaces, so let's use the spaces that are available. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Gill, Mr. Klingenschmidt, followed by Mr. Rainey.
4: My name is
9: Gordon Klingenschmidt, and my top three priorities are to support our first responders, to provide and equitably distribute the roads and infrastructure and utilities, and to lower taxes. I think uh, equitable distribution between our infrastructure needs, including our water rights, our utilities, and the growth that will support future housing to make sure that everyone has hau- a house that can afford it, but also so that when they turn on the water spigot, they have the water that they've paid for as a taxpayer.
1: Thank you, Mr. Clean Smith. Mr. Rainey, followed by Ms. Davis.
9: Roland Rainey. I think
6: this is a great question because I've advocated for this uh, for quite some time now. Development has to be in lockstep with infrastructure. Have you tried driving down Powers or Academy early in the morning, commuting to work or driving to Denver or on Powers at 3.30? The infrastructure is not there. It's not keeping up. So what I would definitely uh, recommend and go in and really advocate for is for our city planning commission to sit down with a lot of these developers and take a step back and say, where are we lacking in infrastructure right now?
1: Thank you, Mr. Rainey, Ms. Davis, followed by Mr. Leinweber.
8: Well, I've heard some very good answers to that question, and I pretty much agree with everyone. Um, I um, will have to take into consideration the plans and what our communities look like at the time and make a common sense decision. I'm Chanita Davis. Please check out my website, ChanitaDavis.com.
1: Thank you, Ms. Davis. Mr. Lineweber, followed by Mr. Carlson.
3: I, I actually really like that answer. I think it's a common sense approach. Every neighborhood is going to be different. We have neighborhoods that have schools that are at risk of closing. Is there a way that we could bring some development there? We have other neighborhoods that don't have very many parks. You know, Is there a way to kind of balance that? we have to look at every situation individually as what does the, what do the neighborhood need and what is best serves, what best serves that community. I think that's
1: gonna be really, really key when making these decisions. Thank you, Mr. Leinweber. Mr. Carlson.
7: Yeah, this is a great question and it's something that we've struggled with uh, in our community for a long time. And really it's kind of twofold. Um, who should pay for infrastructure build out? Is it the city, or is it the developers, or in my opinion, I think it should be both. And I think the city needs to make sure that we have um, a growth plan to make sure that it's not only it's done responsibility, but the burden of that build-out shouldn't be put on um, you know, unfairly to either one party or the other, being taxpayers or development. Thank you.
2: The next question will go to Miss Katherine Gill, and then followed by Gordon Klingenschmidt. This is a long question, so listen carefully. Council is the legislative branch of the city government. What is the subject of the first piece of legislation you will present to other council members for consideration?
4: 30 seconds. As a lawyer, this could be really fun my first piece of legislation would be to repeal retool cos retool cos has taken the public's voice and really minimized it when we're talking about planning decisions they're requiring going to a school getting cards in the mail making sure you've checked in with the planning commission before you're allowed to speak and so i think for the first amendment freedom of speech and the city is all of ours so I would repeal Retool COS. Thank you. Th-
2: thank you Ms. Gill. Uh, Gordon Klingenschmidt followed by Roland Rainey.
9: Thank you my name is Gordon Klingenschmidt and uh, as I stated my first top three priorities are support our first responders, fix the roads and infrastructure, but also cut your taxes. The first thing I would do, why are our city sales taxes 8.2%? You know, that's higher than Denver, higher than Pueblo, higher than Castle Rock. Uh, I am a fiscal conservative. I think we should honor the, t- the spirit and intent of the Taxpayer Bill of Rights and send that money back to the taxpayers.
2: Thank you, Mr. Klinger-Schmidt. Roland Rainey, followed by Janita Davis.
9: Roland
6: Rainey, one of the first things that I want to get done is put together a city task force to start looking at our utility board and what we're doing moving into the future when it comes to Nixon. One of the things that they are proposing right now is in 2030 that Nixon be shut down and we start pouring in a lot of investment into renewables that's great on the surface sounds great when you talk about it out loud but what i want to see is a variation of subcommittees built let's start getting it done right now it is 2023 before you know it it's going to sneak up on us and that's one of the things i'm going to push for
2: thank you mr rainey now chenita davis followed by uh david line weber
8: my first priority will be housing with a focus on more home ownership opportunities rather than renting properties which are owned by out-of-state investors. We need to keep our tax dollars local and our investments local. Second, transportation must be extended to the Southeast area to allow more scheduled routes. And third, water scarcity in Colorado Springs in relation to surrounding communities is what I would do. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Ms. Davis. David Webber.: We live in a we will, Is it there? Oh, we live in a great community. Um, you know, we're kind of a city of champions. Yet we are number one in suicide. That's not okay. That's not even remotely okay. I talked to an official the other day who said, "Yeah, we've been number one for a while." That that isn't okay. Period. We need to address mental health now. It affects so many different elements of our of just everything, of the people in our community that are truly hurting, that are in darkness right now, and yet we're not paying attention. That's where we need to be. Thank you, Mr. Lundweber. Glenn
2: Carlson followed by Brian Risley. Uh,
7: thank you, Glenn Carlson. Um, for me, and, and oddly enough, this is something that has kind of Uh, to use a really bad pun, kind of bubbled up to the surface and become more important. But for me, it's water. We don't do anything without it. And I want to repeat that. We don't do anything without water. We need a comprehensive plan and a comprehensive study to understand all the stakeholders in the Western U.S. so we can not only plan for the water that we may be able to get and take care of our existing infrastructure, but to handle our future growth as well. And so it's water for me.
2: Thank you, Mr. Carlson. And
5: Brian Risley. Thank you. Public safety. We know that public safety is at top of mind for most people in Colorado Springs. And so that's uh, one area that I will focus on first and foremost. Um, Michael Gall, the superintendent of District 11, talks a lot about creating uh, career pathways in K-12, trying to get high school students interested in law enforcement and and, uh, criminal justice. And I think uh, the city needs to do its part to support those kinds of ideas. Uh, We also need to increase funding for law enforcement and uh, emergency management.
1: Thank you, Mr. Risley. This question is going to start off uh, with Mr. Klingenschmidt, followed by Mr. Rainey. It's going to be one minute. What would you do as a council representative to promote stronger citizen participation earlier in the land use planning process? I'll ask that question one more time. What would you do as a council representative to promote stronger citizen participation earlier in the land use planning process? That question is going to be one minute. Mr. Klingenschmidt, followed by Mr. Rainey.
9: That's a great question. My name is Gordon Klingenschmitt, and I believe in transparency in government. Um, As a former legislator, I have worked across the aisle to increase uh, accessibility from uh, not just the citizens during this election cycle. Of course, we're here asking for your vote, so why shouldn't we listen to you now? But after I'm elected, I will not only uh, work to be accessible to you personally, as I said, I put my cell phone on my website, but these land use committees that sometimes meet in the dark of night or in secret places or you never really know because there's some obscure website that shows where all the times and places of these uh, planning meetings have, you the citizens ought to be able to hit an easy click button on the city council website and know exactly where and when these meetings are so that the citizens can be included in the process and there ought to be a comment section on the website so you can make your comments known even if you cannot attend
1: thank you mr Klingensmith, mr rainey followed by Ms. davis
9: roland rainey
6: one of the first things we got to do we have to make the information available to you in a very simplistic manner meaning on the city council's website There should be an easy button for you to click to find out exactly what's going on immediately when it comes to land use. Two, we need to have more town halls so citizens can get involved and not a town hall in the middle of the day at 2 p.m. when everyone is at work. You need to have it when it's available for all of you to be engaged. Also, we have a lot of technology. So why aren't we taking the time to have more Zoom sessions so you can actually send in your questions so city council members can actually engage with you? There's way too much technology. There's way too many opportunities. So for me,
1: it's about engagement, engagement, engagement. Thank you, Mr. Rainey. Ms. Davis, followed by Mr. Leinweber.
8: I really don't have anything different to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) But i I do feel like technology should be used. (laughs) Technology, we should definitely put those questions right in front of people on their personal devices. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Davis. Mr. Lionweber, followed by Mr. Carlson. I believe that um, communication is always the key, trying to bring
3: partners together, having good collaboration, informing neighborhoods um, i 'm going to strive to use technology and other aspects to kind of communicate what our goals are in different neighborhoods, what are objectives that we want to achieve, improve, um, encourage, how can we make life better for all of us how do we, How do we just raise? Everyone's boat, <laughs> you know, and, and we, we all really kind of enjoy the life that we live here in Colorado Springs. I think those are key, you know, intertwine parks, make sure that fire can, and police can arrive on time. Um, all those different types of systems that we need to kind of coordinate. Um, it just requires good planning and good foresight on um, what our cities to look like
1: in the future, particularly as new technologies come on board. Thank you, Mr. Linewhipper. Mr. Carlson, followed by Mr. Risley.
7: Thank you, uh, Glenn Carlson. Uh, you know, so currently, if there's some kind of land use in your neighborhood, you get a, a green postcard in the mail. Um, and I don't know about many of you, but I get a lot of junk in the mail. And I get a lot of scam attempts, too, which is something that personally drives me nuts. And so it's hard to pay attention to everything. So my short answer to that is that we do need to use other methods to communicate with neighbors. The second piece is, again, uh, this is a participatory sport. It is important that neighborhoods go talk to each other, go communicate, use things like Nextdoor and Facebook groups to keep each other updated. All of that is critical important. Um, we have a project up by Garden of Gods, where I live, called the 2424 Project. And it was incredible to see all of us kind of culminate and come together. We saw another one recently with the Constitution Avenue Freeway Project proposal. Um, and I was at both of those town halls. A lot of people came together, so it's incredibly important. And again, it's your responsibility as well in our democracy.
1: Thank you, Mr. Carlson. Mr. Risley, followed by Ms. Gill.
5: Thank you. Um, Believe it or not, we actually do have a very robust public engagement process in Colorado Springs and in El Paso County. As an architect, I work with communities all over the state of Colorado, and I can tell you from personal experience, what we do in Colorado Springs is um, much more uh, engaged with, the, with citizens and with the overall community than what happens in a lot of other communities. Um, a number of the things that have been mentioned that we should do, we already actually do. We have a button on the city's website that you can click on and find out what's on the agenda for the Planning Commission and a lot of other committees and boards. Um, I agree that technology can be leveraged in an even more meaningful way. But right now, we have Zoom as a platform for both the City Planning Commission as well as the County Planning Commission, and a lot of citizens choose to participate that way. Um, I think we, um, we also have a lot of email communication and a lot of other modes that folks um, can express their opinions and their views. And again, I think as a community, we actually do a lot better than most people uh, think when you put it in the big perspective. Thank you, Mr. Risley. Ms. Gail?
4: While technology is wonderful, it can also be exclusionary. When I was speaking before city council, one of my friend's mothers had stayed up till 1230 at night or in the morning, however you want to say it, but she was not allowed to cede her two minutes to me because she wasn't physically present in the room, nor was she able to figure out how to log on to the meeting itself in the council. She called on the phone. I took the phone to Tom Strand and he said no. So we have to make sure that there are fewer barriers to ways of access and the more ways of access, the better. If you have a smartphone, wonderful, not everybody does. If you have internet in your house, wonderful, not everybody does. So we need to get out into the community as many ways as possible so that we truly represent this entire city. I'm Catherine Gale, thank you.
2: The next question is, how would you engage more Hispanics to participate in city civics and be more inclusive? The question will go to Roland Rainey
6: followed by Janita Davis. Thirty seconds. Roland Rainey. Uh, a great question, but I, I would actually uh, turn that question differently. How do you get everybody engaged? I think that's the key here is getting everyone engaged, not just one specific community. And I know some communities feel disenfranchised and I get that. And I truly understand that, but it's our responsibility. The folks that you elect in the office it's our responsibility to get out into those communities. So to me, when you have an elected official that you feel is not getting out to you, you have to hold them accountable to that. And I will tell you asking for your vote, When you elect me in the office, I want you to hold me accountable to make sure that I'm coming to your community and speaking to you.
2: Thank you, Mr. Rainey. Janina Davis, followed by David Leinweber.
8: Yes, I feel that we should make sure that all of our communities that are not being um, engaged Uh, properly or represented or that we're not reaching out to at this current time according to some of the numbers that I've been looking at um, we should look at those communities and help them to understand the importance of being involved with local politics and civic activity and civic duty and being aware of their civic responsibility.
2: Thank you Ms. Davis.
3: David Lundwerper please. I think you just defined the purpose of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I think we need uh, organizations and that represent different people throughout our city and um, for them to come together so that city council can hear their voices um, and so that we can work together to kind of take on what their challenges are in their neighborhoods. Um, I think that's what's really key is really focus on Um, every citizen of Colorado Springs and to make every neighborhood safe and the best life we can live. Thank you, Mr. Lombard. Glenn Carlson followed by Brian Risley.
7: Thank you. Uh, That's another great question. I love the audience format. Um, This is a city council at large seat, right? You represent the entire city, all of it. I was fortunate enough to grow up uh, in Southern Colorado Springs, which is incredibly diverse. My high school, I don't know if you could pick a major or minor, you know, race, et cetera. You really couldn't do it. And so for me, I don't have to sit there and say, I better reach out to the Hispanic community. That's natural for me. I have no issue doing that.
5: Thank you. Brian Risley. Thank you. I think it's about being accessible. I think it's about um, listening. It's about building consensus. It's about understanding what's important to various aspects of the community. Uh, And as it's been said, we we are running for city council at large, which really represents the entire city. And we need to understand all of the different constituent bases within the city and how we can uh, support them. And the way we can do that is by listening, by understanding their concerns, and by finding common points where we can build consensus around uh, their, their issues. Thank you, Mr. Risley. Catherine Gale, followed by Gordon Klingenschmidt.
4: We live in a state called Colorado. The next major city is Pueblo, and it's Huérfano County. We are in what was once New Spain. Santa Fe, New Mexico, was one of the capitals of the New World. So we are in a land that was formerly Hispanic. As... The city, uh, city council member. It's up to me to go and engage the community, rather than saying I'm available. They need to come to me. I'm on Duolingo, trying to learn Spanish, not succeeding very well. But I think it's also important that we have interpreters in City Hall. Thank you.
2: Muchas gracias, uh, Gordon Klingensmith.
9: Thank you. It's a great question. Um, you know, one thing I was really excited to do was provide a lot of my answers to to, uh, the League of Women Voters survey questions in the Spanish language through, is it 411vote.org? So, uh, I I have supported, for example, Greg Lopez for governor, Linhinos Gonzalez for county commissioner. He's running for mayor. Uh, When I was in the military, there was no room for distinctions by race, but we can all work together as one community.
1: Thank you, Mr. Klingensmith. <clears throat> this question will start, this will be 30 seconds. We're starting off with Ms. Davis, followed by Mr. Lineweber. Do you feel young professionals choose or reject Colorado Springs as a home due to perceived politics, crime, lack of mental health care and cost? If so, how would you address this?
8: I'm sorry, would you repeat the first part of your question?
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. Do you feel young professionals choose or reject Colorado Springs as a home due to perceived politics, crime, lack of mental health, or cost? If so, how would you address those?
8: Young professionals, I'm sure they check out all of the numbers in the and what crime is like when before they decide to move here i I did myself um so based on the numbers they're going to make their decision on whether this is going to be a great place to raise their children so that is one of my number one goals is to see colorado springs be considered the number one place to live again thank you
1: thank you miss davis mr lineweber followed by mr carlson
3: this was actually a big question 15 years ago, and we've actually done quite well with this question. Um, as a population, we've been getting younger and younger every single year. And so I'm actually pretty excited when I go, when I walk around downtown and see all the young faces and have dialogue and discussion and, and just kind of listen to, to what they view life as. Um, it's pretty exciting. Um, but I think there's always um, a place where we constantly have to look at how do we keep our community affordable and uh, reachable for people um, that are starting out their life. Thank
1: you, Mr. Linewhipper, Mr. Carlson, followed by Mr. Risley.
7: Thank you, uh, Glenn Carlson. Yeah, it, it, you know, I think David kind of hit this on the, head, on the head a little bit. Having the Native experience of growing up here, uh, I've certainly seen the, some of the what I would call unfair shadows that were cast on our community a long time ago and reasons people wouldn't want to live here. We have broken that mold and we have transfor- transformed our, ourselves as a city. And so we're starting to see an influx of more young professionals from very diverse backgrounds wanting to start businesses and take jobs and co- contribute to our community.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carlson, Mr. Risley, followed by Ms. Gill.
5: Thank you. I agree with the comments that were made by the prior two speakers. I think we have um, evolved as a, as a city, as a community to a point where uh, a lot of young professionals are actually choosing to locate here and choosing to stay here. When I graduated from high school, uh, most of my classmates couldn't wait to get out of town because there were, there were no opportunities for them here. Now we have a lot of cultural diversity. We've got a lot of amenities. We've got a lot of great things that uh, young professionals um, view as being very important. Um, and affordability is going to continue to be one of those issues that we we have to continue to address if we want to attack and, re- and retrain uh, those young professionals.
1: Thank you, Mr. Risley. Ms. Gill, followed by Mr. Klingensmith.
4: We need a more diverse workforce. Right now, our economy depends on to- troops and tourism, so we need to attract higher wage jobs, and with them come young professionals. Young professionals will be able to spend money on our tax driven or our sales tax-driven workforce. I would first double LART, which is the lodging and auto rental tax. It has not changed since 1980. Don't worry, Gordon, you're not gonna pay for it. This is something that the tourists will pay for because they use the infrastructure, they use the parks. So why are we paying to subsidize the tourists? We need a vibe to attract millennials, and I think we can do that by doubling LART. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Gill, Mr. Klingensmith, followed by Mr. Rainey.
9: My name is Gordon Klingen-Schmidt. If you see the latest 2020 census, you know New York and California lost congressional seats, and Texas and Florida gained congressional seats. I'll tell you one reason, overtaxation. The economic opportunities in Colorado Springs will entice people, especially leaving the five military bases, and I'm a 20-year veteran who chose to stay in Colorado Springs, will depend on whether or not they are taxed out of the system or sent back to wherever they came from to begin with, I want them to stay here.
1: Thank you, Mr. Klingensmith. Mr. Rainey?
6: Roland Rainey. Uh, I actually see a lot of young professionals want to move to Colorado Springs. They want to start their lives here. Yeah, we have some things we have to get through. we got to get through affordable housing. Uh, We've we got to get through some other issues. But I see more young professionals coming here. Now, I want them to stay here, though. I want them to thrive here. Thus, that's why uh, public safety and decreasing crime rate is one of my number one topics. I don't want them to start having and growing their family. Crime gets worse, and then they decide to leave. But we also got to make sure we get good-paying jobs for these young folks to stay here and keep thriving. Thank you, Mr. Rainey.
2: Next question will go to David Leinweber. Council members are assigned to committees when they are first sworn in. What is your first committee assignment of choice and why? Thirty seconds.
3: Would you like me to repeat? The I question? know. I, I there's there's several. I, I'm trying to decide. I mean, it's, um, I I think. Um, well, I, I'm just going to go with. Um, serving on uh, public utilities. I think there's a lot of challenges right now with public utilities, and I think that's where most of my attention will be addressed. Um, I also plan to form a new committee um, focused around mental health and how can our community kind of come together. I wanna to build collaboration on that and really take on that. I don't wanna be number one in suicide anymore, period.
2: Thank you, Mr. Lineweber. Glenn Carlson followed by Brian Risley.
7: Uh, thank you, Glenn Carlson. Uh, you know, being an economics major and having worked for Colorado's largest company uh, and now having our own business, I think economic development is, is my strong suit. It's something I'm very interested in. It's complex, it affects everybody's lives in here in a multitude of ways. And so that is something that I really want to focus and drill into on City Council.
2: Thank you, Mr.
5: Carlson. Brian Risley? Thank you. Um, Because of my background as an architect and a planner and uh, somebody that understands the built environment, I think I could really offer a lot in the way of transportation, uh, traffic planning, uh, land use planning, and utilities, and those those are areas that I would absolutely focus on uh, and hopefully use my expertise to move the needle in the right direction. Catherine Gale, followed by Gordon Klingenschmidt.
4: I would look for transportation and planning because I think both of those are areas that we need equity in the city, so I would really like to have more multimodal transportation, have the routes extended to make the city a city for everyone. As far as planning, I think it's time that the citizens have a voice in the planning process, not just the two minutes before the planning board and two minutes before the city council when the decisions have already been made. So those would be my priorities. Not to mention, I love the library. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you, Mr. Gill. Gordon Klingenschmitt followed by Roland Rainey.
9: My name is Gordon Klingenschmitt and having been a legislator, having worked on committees, including uh, the healthcare committee, the local government committee, uh, I I have worked on budgets and, and you might guess as a fiscal conservative, I'm interested in serving on the budget committee because first of all that is, The number one responsibility of a legislature is to not spend or overspend your money. And number two, it's not our money. It's your money. And you want somebody in the room who's going to look at every penny.
2: Thank you, Mr. Klingenschmidt. Roland Rainey, please.
6: Roland Rainey. I'm ready to go to work for you. So I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to give you two. I want to be on the CSU Utilities Budgeting Board because I really want to deep dive into your the utility rates, things that affect money in your pocket. I want more money back in your pocket, and I want us to make some smart decisions when it comes to utility rates. The second one Immediately, I want to be on the city task force for the uh, new established water task force. I want to make sure that we are seriously deep diving and looking at second and third and fourth order effects on why we really have a water supply issue here in Colorado Springs.
2: Thank you, Mr. Rainey. Chenita Davis.
8: I'm interested in housing. I mentioned that on all of my different platforms um, and on my literature and all of the different types of modes of housing that we could have that would be, uh, make available for different families in our community.
1: Thank you, Miss Davis. This uh, We had a lot of good questions, so we don't want anybody to feel like your questions aren't being answered. So, this will be our last question, but I'm sure our candidates uh, don't mind sticking around for a couple minutes and answering a few of these questions that did go unanswered because we didn't have enough time. So, this will be the last question for all the candidates, it's 30 seconds. We're starting with Mr. Carlson. How do you feel about... um? using mental health or crisis workers to respond to to citizens experiencing a mental health crisis instead of the police? I'll ask that question again. How do you feel about using mental health or crisis workers to respond to citizens experiencing a mental health crisis instead of the police?
7: Uh, Glenn Carlson, I I absolutely applaud this effort. We've seen it tried in other communities where, in particular situations, a, a police officer, for example, will go on scene with a mental health expert. And typically, that mental health expert is able to diffuse that situation in a far more effective manner. So this is something I support. I do believe, if I remember correctly, that we are trying it at the county level currently. um, But I might be wrong on that. But I do support it.
1: Thank you, Mr. Carlson. Mr. Risley, followed by Ms. Gill.
5: Thank you. We have seen the power of combining the law enforcement agencies with mental health professionals. We've seen how that can really make a change when they respond to a situation. And so I think continuing that, investing in that, making sure that uh, both agencies are able to respond is really important. Um, I work a lot with police and fire departments all over the state on their facilities, and I've had the opportunity to ride along with many agencies uh, when they respond. And those that respond with mental health agencies um, lockstep with law enforcement, their the end result is much, much better and and results in de-escalation of the issue.
1: Thank you, Mr. Resley. Ms. Gale, followed by Mr. Klingensmith.
4: Catherine Gale, as everyone said, it's not an instead. It's in addition. It's a team because what one can do, the other can do yin and yang in a balance. One thing I've been striving for is that our police get better training. Every study shows that the more training law enforcement have, they're better able to de-escalate situations, and the use of force incidences have been reduced. So absolutely have mental health professionals with you to deal with mental health situations, but don't forget to have the police law enforcement officers as equal partners. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Gill. Mr. Klingenschmidt, followed by Mr. Rainey.
9: Thank you. My name is Gordon Klingenschmidt. Uh, you know, we've talked about my budget priorities, the, the resources, roads, my number one priority is to, re, re, uh, to support our first responders, especially our police, our fire, our EMTs. And having been a chaplain, not only have I worn a, a uniform of sorts for 20 years of my life, But I've been one of those mental health professionals who responded to people who do, for example, the death notifications or weep with people who are in crisis. They need a voice of compassion. I am a compassionate conservative. Thank you for uh, supporting me.
1: Thank you, Mr. Klingensmith, Mr. Rainey, followed by Ms. Davis. Roland Rainey, I think this is a great question, but I want to make sure we
6: get something very clear here. This is not an or conversation. It's not CSPD or mental health specialists. It's an and conversation having both working in unison. Too often we want to pit one against the other. It's not an or, it's an and conversation. As someone who was a public safety officer when I was going to school uh, at Colorado State University, I was a public safety officer part-time, and there are several times I would engage with members in the community and I would have a mental health uh, specialist with me. So I definitely agree that it's a great thing, but it's an and,
1: not an or. Thank you, Mr. Rainey. Ms. Davis, followed by Mr. Lineweber.
8: My vision as far as seeing health professionals working with our community along with the police is that we have peace officers in addition to police. Peace officers that are there to serve and protect like we have always heard. Um, peace officers that can go to um Different calls that there's no gun. There's there's no uh, risk to um, life. Um, that that's like you know that requires a gun. So that's what I that's what I think. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Davis. Mr. Line Well,
3: I'm excited to say that. Um we already do this. We have a CRT program with the fire department who's actually doing a really good job with this. And, and the police, the, the struggle is where do they hand them off? Um, the, the issue is that our only service where uh, we can take people that are struggling with mental health is the county jail. Uh, we don't have a really a strong network of things at that level. And we need to improve that. That's one of the big issues in our town right now, is that we don't have good care for people struggling with mental health.
1: Thank you, Mr. Line-Weber. Um Thank you all for answering those questions. So what we're gonna do now is a 30 second um, closing statement from each candidate, and this is gonna be reverse ballot order by who's in attendance. So that means we're starting with um, Mr. Klingensmith and working our way down to Mr. Lineweber. So 30 seconds for each uh, candidate.
9: Thank you for the opportunity. My name is Gordon Klingenschmitt, and there are so many questions we were not able to get to tonight. For example, serving the homeless. Uh, As a charity leader, my charity has not only given out free coats to homeless veterans almost every Christmas, but we serve and feed almost 1,000 orphans and children overseas. As a compassionate conservative, I want to stand with you. And uh, you know what I stand for. My website is gordonforcolorado.com. I think experience matters. City Council is not an entry level position. I have the experience to lead Gordon Schmidt. Thank you.
8: Janita Davis is here because I care about my community. I'm willing to and I'm ready to serve in my community and I want to see Colorado Springs continue to grow and like I said before, I want the future for my grandkids to be safe here.
7: Oh, I was thinking ballot order, so I was actually pitching the ballot in my head. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, Glenn Carlson, um, you know, again, having lived here my entire life, uh, I've been involved in countless projects and organizations in an attempt to make Colorado Springs the best city I can I can make it. Um, My definition of what makes Colorado Springs great is not the same as yours. And the goal is that we all kind of work together for the common good. And I always say a rising tide lifts all boats. And that's my goal here, quite simply. This is home. Um, I frequently volunteer and and donated a ton of time in this region. I want to leave it better than I found it. And so uh, Glenn Carlson, and I am asking for your vote uh, before April 4th, preferably.
6: Roland Rainey. Uh, I have 30 years of leading small and large businesses. I think I'm the only candidate here that has experience across the aerospace industry, the military, uh, business, parks and rec, and leading various uh, organizations in our community. These are some unique times, and right now I truly believe my focus on public safety, utilities and an initiative for tech job opportunities is something that you all are really wanting. So I'm asking for your vote. And this right now, I believe is the right time for me to be elected to
5: city council. Thank you. So this is a very pivotal point in the history and trajectory of our city, right? We've got four city council seats up. We've got a mayor that we're voting for. We just had a new utility CEO selected. The reason that I am so passionate about trying to do the right thing for our community is that this is a point where we can either continue to make some really great decisions and move things forward in a positive direction, or we can make a U-turn, and I don't want to see that happen. Um, I ask for your support, and I ask that you look for leaders that are going to be engaged and listen and be rational and level-headed and make good decisions for you all.
4: Catherine Gale, for the last 30 years, I've traveled the world with my husband, a U.S. diplomat, reinventing myself every two years. As a human rights advisor, I'm able to analyze complex problems, and I'm not firmly devoted to an answer. I will pivot when I get new information. In Colorado Springs, I have taught citizenship class. I've done asylum petitions for Afghan refugees. I've served on the board of the Colorado Springs Youth Symphony and beyond the school bell downtown. So I'm not afraid of public service, and I'm happy to put my brain to good use. Thank you.
3: My name is David Leinweber, and I am so excited to live in Colorado Springs. I mean, I remember 30 years ago or so, we had pages of HUD homes, and, and, and 15 years ago, we were talking about our youth not wanting to stay. Well, we've changed all that. We've improved our city, and it's a really great time to be here right now. The issue is that we just need to keep that momentum going. And that's why I think it's so important right now to have key people who have succeeded in a lot of things that they've experienced in Colorado Springs, that understands Colorado Springs and understands how to collaborate with people in our community. I hope you'll vote for Dave Leinweber for Colorado, for Colorado Springs. Thank
1: you. Thank you all. Uh, Before we go on, can the audience please give all of our candidates a round of applause for showing up and answering questions? So this is the last year here for me, which I'm so sure uh, Dave is excited about because he's heard uh, me, Shelley, for a little bit. But um, the only reason I'm talking here at the end is because we do have a crisis. The crisis is there's 300 and almost 11,000 registered voters in our city, and as of yesterday, there was just over 18,000 ballots turned in. That was 6.5 percent of the ballots that were mailed out. So the reason uh, I'm bringing this up at last is because I would encourage everybody in here to not just leave your ballot on the refrigerator. I know some of you still have them on your refrigerators. They're getting dust now, right? Turn your ballot in, please, and encourage everybody in your household and your friends and family to turn their ballots in so that the election can be truly representative of the thoughts of the uh, electorate. So please vote and uh, get your uh, sphere of influence to do the same
0: thank you and thank you again to all of our candidates for participating we really appreciate you 30 seconds to one minute is not a long time to gather your thoughts Um, and for those of you who have never run for office it's really difficult so again i appreciate you i would like to do another round of applause if you wouldn't mind because i think you're awesome seriously and thank you to the moderators mike and chuck up here as well it's not it's not easy to get up in front and deal with all this is so thank you. Our co-sponsors um, we appreciate you. Those of you that are in attendance this evening, again either virtually or here in person, we appreciate you being an active and engaged voter and like Mike said, please encourage others to do so. Um, we do know that this is one of the lowest voter turnouts in elections, which is one of the reasons why we do try to, we're supportive of moving it, but it does take just you to talk to your neighbor or the person walking their dog at you know, Garden of the Gods, or wherever you are, your your waitress at the restaurant you're going to go to tonight. I don't care. Um, just ask them to please. If you live in the city, please be sure you vote. Appreciate you being here. Thank you.